Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Only a select few visit the distant Hawaiian island group, Papahanama Okoakea. It's a massive yet remote conservation area covering 10 islands on almost 1 million square kilometres of the Pacific. Nathan and Alana Eagle recorded their visit there for the podcast Offshore. You want to be the first to spot it. It's not like the main Hawaiian islands where they have mountains. It's just domes of sand. Before you even get there, the clouds will be like a greenish colour, reflecting the colour of the island. Then the waters surrounding them are this bright, brilliant blues, or almost like a really light colour, like a super light blue. Very distinct from the, the deep blue. One word people always use to describe Papahanaumokuokea is pristine. Like you hear it from all these different people. Oh, it's pristine waters, pristine land. And when you get up there, it's just, it's beautiful. And then the beaches are like covered in plastic. It's so sad. You're listening to Offshore, stories from Hawaii. I'm Jessica Terrell. Head northwest of Honolulu, past the island of Kauai, and then across nearly 800 miles of open ocean, and you'll reach the second largest wildlife refuge in the world. Papahanaumokuakea Marine National Monument covers 583,000 square miles of the Pacific. It's where life begins in the Kumulipo, the Hawaiian creation chant, and it's where spirits return after death. Today, Papahanaumokuakea's tiny islands and coral atolls are home to millions of seabirds and fish, endangered plants and animals found nowhere else in the world. The protected marine sanctuary is larger than all of America's national parks combined. But while millions of visitors flock to America's national parks each year to marvel at the beauty of the Grand Canyon or come face-to-face with herds of buffalo at Yellowstone, access to Papahanaumokuakea is restricted to a very select group of scientists, Native Hawaiians, and hardy volunteer workers. And so many people, even in Hawaii, don't know that this special place exists don't know what it looks like, what it sounds like, what it smells like. What will be lost if rising seas wash away its low-lying islands, or politicians chip away at the laws protecting its borders? Civil Beat's environmental reporter Nathan Eagle and his wife, videographer Alana Eagle, traveled to the Northwest Hawaiian Islands in 2017 with a group of scientists and volunteers working to restore natural wildlife habitats on these remote atolls. It was a trip that opened their eyes to the beauty and fragility of island life, 
and change their outlook on the world in unexpected ways. Journey there with them in this offshore postcard from Papahanaumokuakea. Having grown up in Hawaii, it's beyond any of the islands you can get to. That's Alana. Her dad used to be the manager of Hanauma Bay, a marine conservation area and famed snorkeling spot on Oahu. You know, he always had this shirt that said Papahanaumokuakea for years and years and years. And I was like, what is that? What is that? And then he taught me how to say it. And it was always something that I kind of knew about, but you didn't see very many pictures. It was just like something I had in my imagination. Basically, no one gets to go unless you get the permit. And the permit process is incredibly hard. And that's Nathan. Usually it's only scientists that get to go or cultural practitioners, uh, Native Hawaiians that are going out there for that. Nathan applied for a permit to travel to Papahanaumokuakea months before the trip. I'd got the application done. And then I heard nothing for a long time, followed up, heard nothing, followed up, heard nothing, followed up, heard nothing. And then all of a sudden, it seemed like it just started happening all at once. Oh, my God, you're going to look amazing. I haven't shopped for a sarong before, but I'm down. It takes a lot of preparation to get ready for a trip to these remote and fragile islands. So I guess two of these, one for Curie, one for Lyson. I like this one. It was really intense. Laysan and Curie atolls are quarantine atolls, and that means brand new underwear, brand new socks, brand new shorts, brand new shirts, brand new hats, brand new camera straps, anything soft. You have to get brand new, have it frozen for days, and then get placed in this five-gallon bucket, and then you have that bucket that's put on the boat. It's set aside until literally minutes before you're going to set foot on those islands, and you put on all your quarantine stuff. So they do not mess around at all with that stuff. And the restrictions aren't limited to what goes on your body. You have to watch what you eat, too. You can't help but laugh when they're like, don't eat tomatoes the day before. And you're like, okay. And like, why? And like, well, the seeds are kind of hardy, and you'll basically um, crap them into curry or laysan, and we can have a tomato plant growing where we shouldn't. With non-native plants that get introduced, if they kind of go unchecked, they could just change the whole ecosystem. That's Kate Toniolo. Monument Deputy Superintendent for the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service. You know, this is the protocol we found that works really, really well. Try and kill off any accidental hitchhikers that we have. We don't want to injure any of the wildlife. Have a good one. Thank, Thank you. you. We're totally going to look like tourists out on this island. And that's going to be fun. Honolulu Harbor is the main seaport for the state of Hawaii. Large passenger ships dock alongside cargo and fishing boats, as well as the occasional research vessel. We pulled up to the pier, and you get through a little gate. You have to tell them where you're going. We're going to the Kahana, which is the boat that's going to take us out there. We pictured one of those, like, beautiful white Noah ships with, like, spinning weather meter detectors and, you know, a, a clean almost cruise ship looking thing. Then we look at the huge freight ship in front of us and it says Kana on it. And we're like, that's the boat? Oh, it's this gritty, rough, like almost looks like an oil ship. I don't even, it's like a cargo boat. When we arrived, we were like, oh my gosh. Okay, this is what we're going on. We hopped on, we set sail as the sun was coming up, which was really cool. And then we realize it's begun. It's kind of like everything's set in, I think, a little bit at that moment once we had set sail. 
when we were pulling out of Honolulu Harbor, that's when it was like, okay, it's starting. Then all of a sudden it's just like open ocean. Actually, I got to yell shark, <sighs> and then I saw the distinct hammerhead. And I was like, How big Whoa. was it? Little? 20 to 25 feet. Oh, shut up. Four or five feet. Four or five feet. Kumulipo, the Hawaiian creation chant, life begins in the Northwest Hawaiian Islands. It's where ocean creatures, birds, and plants were first created. These tiny islands are very different from the main Hawaiian islands. They're flat, no mountains, little fresh water. For generations of Hawaiians, this was not a place where man was meant to dwell. It was a land of the ancestors, of the gods. That was their interpretation of protecting the place and, and making sure that it was protected. That's Brad Wong of the Office of Hawaiian Affairs. And he sees a connection between how Hawaiians traditionally viewed these lands and their status as a protected marine monument today. That's just the role that the place has in, in today's society as well, because now it's the same kind of a thing. We protect it as much as we can um, in the way that we understand it. It took four days at sea past the main Hawaiian islands, past tiny Nihoa, French frigate shoals, Gardner Pinnacles, and Maro Reef in the northwest Hawaiian islands, before Nathan and Alana reached their first destination, Laysan Island. As we're approaching Laysan, it's like really shallow and it's kind of like lagoon water. We got onto the little skiff and we pull in, and the crew is waiting for us on the, sh- on the sand because they're like, oh, my God, our, our friends are coming. They don't get a lot of visitors. No. So they're, they're all waving as we're approaching, and then there's, like, two people washing everyone's lunch dishes in the ocean. So that's how, like, they washed all their dishes. And so we, like, go and we pull up, and then immediately we get, like, covered in flies. Covered in flies. They're fortunately not biting, but flies on Laysan are a huge deal. And people, they just get used to it. So you'll be talking to someone, one of the volunteers, and he'll have flies like crawling over his eyeballs and stuff. Like, <laughs> it's amazing how fast the human body can adapt. And then there's the smell. So it smells a lot like bird poop and dead birds. Because they don't really tell you that there's an incredible amount of dead birds. I mean, we're talking some rough math. If just albatross, we'll just do one species. About a million call Laysan home. Only 300,000 or so a year survive. So that's like 700,000 dead birds a year there. (laughs) And that's just one species. There's hundreds of thousands of shearwaters and all these other kinds of birds, too, that also die just naturally. The U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service has been working to restore the 1,000-acre island for more than 20 years. The island is home to several endangered species of birds and one of the world's rarest ducks. But it had been overrun in the past by invasive weeds, rats, and rabbits. But the conservation work is a lonely task. 
And workers, left on the island for weeks or months at a time, have to be very self-reliant. These crews don't have access to any kind of medical facility or anything. They basically have to self-prescribe. Well, they do have, like, a number they can call that, like, reaches a doctor. They describe their symptoms, and the doctor can say, take this, take this, do this, whatever. But they have very limited resources. The sounds of sleeping on Laysan. So we, we slept in, on Laysan in like a camping tent that you would picture for like a three or four person family. And it was just the noisiest place you can imagine at night. And some of the birds, like the wedge-tailed shearwaters, sound like crying babies. So human-like. The sun goes down and then it's just loud. It is loud. Some of our journey to the last wild place from the Offshore podcast, produced by Jessica Terrell and April Estrelon, with field reporters Nathan and Alana Eagle. And that show's produced by Honolulu Civil Beat, a non-profit community-supported news organisation. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.